back to The Fleet, the number one industry podcast for fleet managers and their teams. I'm your host, Albert Chow. Joining me on the mic today is Grant Goodale. Grant is the founder, former CTO, and now CXO of Convoy, an on-demand trucking service for arranging regional and local shipments. I've had the privilege of speaking with Grant before and was excited to sit down with him again to share his insights with all of you. Here's a statistic that blew my mind when I first heard it. About 35% of U.S. trucking miles are driven empty. That means roughly one in three trucks we see on the road are empty, traveling between jobs, burning fuel, time, miles, nothing to haul, and no money being made. One in three. Convoy is on a mission to change that. Today, Grant tells us how his team is transforming the trucking and shipping industry by helping connect drivers and companies with orders around the country. Grant talks about how they built the Convoy network from the ground up, how they vet for and encourage safety among drivers, and how they are building a future without those time-sucking, fuel-guzzling empty miles. Let's jump in. The Fleet is brought to you by our friends at Lytix. Whether you manage a fleet of five vehicles or 5,000, Lytix is here to help. Lytix Fleet Dash Cams are powered by best-in-class machine vision and artificial intelligence, designed to help commercial fleets and drivers operate more safely, efficiently, and profitably with the industry's most comprehensive and customizable fleet management platform. Go to lytix.com slash the fleet to learn more today. That's L-Y-T-X dot com slash the fleet. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Fleet. And today we have a special guest. We have the founder, the former CTO, and now current CXO of a company called Convoy, Grant Goodale. Grant, welcome to the show. Thanks. Appreciate you having me. All right. So we allow all of our guests to do this. But for those of our audience members who are not familiar with what is Convoy, uh, if you could go ahead and explain what this Convoy and what does it do. Yeah, absolutely. Convoy is the world's most efficient digital freight network. So we connect the small carriers, which make up the vast majority of trucking companies in the United States, with the shippers who have the work those carriers want to run. And we do it entirely digitally. So you're, we basically optimize this massive network of carriers and shippers, help shippers save money, help trucking companies increase their earnings and eliminate carbon waste for our planet through reduction of empty miles driven by truck drivers. Yeah. And let's go over this in the perspective of let's imagine I'm a, you know, a small trucking operation. Let's go over what it looks like today without Convoy to get a job and then tell us, fill in the gaps. Like, what is it different with Convoy? Because we talked about it in one of our other shows, but the current way it works is like, I might go to a trucking board. I'm looking for loads. I have to like book and arrange this myself. I can figure out how to, you know, we obviously want to ship a full truck but sometimes that's not available. And then we also want to return shipment as well because I don't want to drive to destination B and then come back empty handed. I'll only make half the revenue that I could make if I could bring it back. And we currently today allow fleet operators to basically search these truck boards to like constantly find and I guess manage their own system, right? <laughs> manage their own mm-hmm. payloads. Talk about what makes Convoy different. Absolutely. So yeah, you hit the nail on the head. If you look at the average trucking company in the United States, it's probably got less than five drivers and less than five trucks. And so when you're that scale, you probably don't have back office personnel who are busy trying to find the next load for you, who are managing the operations of the fleet. And you probably don't have a sales team. You probably don't have a website or marketing 
And so how do you get the work that's reliable, repeatable? How do you get that high utilization, that high sort of share of calendar where the trucks are always rolling paid as opposed to hunting for work or driving long distances between jobs. And so Convoy helps with that through our app, which you can find in the app store for both iOS and Android. By signing up for Convoy through our app, you can immediately tell us your preferences, where you as a fleet operator want freight. Like, do I operate only in the Western United States? Do I want jobs that are 150 miles or less? Or do I want all over the place 4,000 miles is fine. Like I'll drive from the tip of Florida to the tip of Washington. And once you've given us those preferences, we'll notify you when jobs come up that match your criteria, or you can search through the tens of thousands of jobs we have on our app daily and find the one that's right for you. You can bid on it. So you don't have to take a buy it now price if you don't want to. If you think we've got the price wrong and you want to tell us what you'll do it for, you can do that. We'll ping you if your bid wins. And then you use the app itself as a a sort of a trucking company management tool as well. You can assign that job you just won to one of your drivers. You can drive it yourself and we'll man- help you manage that job all the way through to completion from notifying the shipper when you're arriving at the pickup to uploading photographs of the bill of lading at the very end when you're done with the job and get you paid as fast as possible. Now, this is uh, that last part is also pretty key. Get you paid fast as possible. Talk talk to a little bit about like the difference in experience because you know one of the things that you've had the benefit of is as developing this product and service is that you've obviously heard the stories of different trucking companies, like what their worlds were like prior to Convoy and what they were like afterward. Like, what are some of the things you've heard? Like how much time does it reduce or save? How much better is the payment system? I know that in any business, cash flow is always a challenge and uh, mm-hmm. shipping's no different where you deliver a job, you think you're going to get paid, but you know, it's net 30 or whatever the terms are. Um, Something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and a lot we of times used to joke it was like net, loose. <laughs> we used to joke it was net whenever, right? Because if you look at it, if you're a small trucking company working through a broker, typically that broker is going to pay you after they get paid. And so they're yeah. the ones who are subject to net 30, net 60, net 90, those terms from the shipper themselves. So you're getting paid whatever the broker negotiates with you after those terms. So it can be months before you get paid for a job if you're not working aggressively to manage cash flow. And the way most of these small trucking companies will manage that is through using what's called a factoring company, right? So they're going to go to the factoring company and they're going to say, hey, I'm going to sell you all my invoices for 95 cents on the dollar, but you're going to pay me immediately so that I go from like net whenever to a couple days worth of wait before and try to get myself cash flow positive, right? So it's a 5% premium on cash. That's exactly. pretty brutal. <laughs> well, in particular, if you're thinking, if you think net 30 is your average term, right? That's 5% monthly that you're paying yeah. on your revenue. Like that's a yeah. huge percentage. That's not, that's not, like yeah. credit cards look good. It's by 60% comparison. APR. Exactly. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, it doesn't sound so appealing, right? So Convoy, <laughs> if you do a job with Convoy, a Convoy job with Convoy, the, the, the Convoy way, as we call it, right? You have the app installed, we can track location. We do you, you do everything that enables us to get paid quickly by the shipper. We'll pay you out in a day or two, right? So we're, we're just for free. We're not going to charge you percentage. You're just getting paid quickly. And so that's a game changer for a small business that might have a couple of days of operating capital on hand on average. Yeah. So, I mean, the relative comparisons are like if, you know, if you were an Uber driver or something like that, you get paid immediately. And then Uber, of course, has to go collect. Now, you've, mm-hmm. you've delivered the service now. And how many years has Convoy been in operations now? We are a little over six years. We started in April of 2015. You know, I'd love to hear some of the things that you've heard trucking companies talk about because the cash is, I mean, that's super important. But mm-hmm. 
you know, how much time have you heard people saving job? Uh, like when it comes to like hunting jobs are, you know, you, I've increased, increased my billable loads by X to Y. I'd love to hear some of the stories of what's happened because as with any new technology in any industry, like one of the things we've noticed about the fleet industry is that by and large, most companies have been on the show to help, told us that it's a slower to adopt new things. <laughs> Yep. We've observed this on occasion. (laughs) You've chuckled about this. Yeah. So, you know, you've had the benefit of seeing like these different companies. Like, do you have clients now that are like 100% all their jobs come from Convoy? Or uh, I'd love to hear like what are some of the anecdotal stories of these companies, how their what their worlds look like before and what their worlds look like now. Yeah, these are my favorite stories because when it works and it really works, what we're seeing is these small trucking companies start adding trucks. And so Mm. we've had carriers that have said, hey, I mortgaged my house to buy my first truck. And I went all in on convoy, right? Like that's the kind of expense it is to get one of these trucks. You know, it's not the kind of cash most people have lying around and it's hard to get a small business loan to do something as risky as start a trucking company. So these people are finding the cash to do it any way they can. And, you know, that that driver was like, hey, after a couple of months, I was able to get hire a second driver. I was able to get a second truck. I'm now on the way to getting my third truck. And it's all through Convoy, right? Because I can manage the business out of the cab while driving. I don't have to put in hours on paperwork and have like a bunch of time spent back office. It's all in my hand. I can do it while I'm not actually while I'm driving, but while I'm working, I can do it straight from my phone. And so it's a, it's, it's an advantage that ordinarily you'd have to have more capital and scale up to, to be able to take advantage of, right. And once you get above say five to 10 trucks is when you start to have back office support staff, things like dispatching become the things that your, your office does as opposed to you on the road. We're enabling trucking companies to expand their, their fleets without having to change how they do business without having to hire that back office person. And so that's a game changer for folks who don't want, who still want to drive. They want to operate that truck themselves, but also want to grow. Do you have, or have you heard of customers that are 100% convoy as, or close to hundred percent where almost every job they get is from your service? We have some, it's, I won't, I won't claim it's the majority. I think a lot of times, like you alluded to a little bit earlier, Convoy is one of many solutions because it's about getting that sort of maximum share of calendar. It's getting as many loaded miles as you can. And, you know, these trucking companies have experience at filling those gaps in the calendar multiple ways. It's all about using every tool at your disposal uh, and not every every truck is going to be someplace close to a convoy load every single time. We work hard to try and find ways to do that. If you look at our uh, flexible drop program, if you look at our batching programs, we're looking for ways to get truckers in and out of facilities faster. We're looking for ways to stitch jobs together back to back to back so that they don't have to think about the next job. It's already there waiting for them. And they know it's less than 50 miles from the end of one job to the beginning of another, because every empty mile we reduce for them is an empty mile that's not burning diesel and making things worse for the planet. It's more utilized hours for the trucking company. It's it's a win-win. Yeah, it's better for everyone involved. Curiously, you know, one of the things that this is the problem of all marketplaces is there's also the supply of jobs. What have you done to ensure that there's plenty of jobs on the board? Like what I guess it's a chicken or egg thing. Like what do you need first, drivers or jobs? Um, <laughs> I guess they both have to rise simultaneously almost because no one wants to post a job that doesn't get taken either. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think we, when we started the company way back in 2015, we knew we had to have capacity around for a shipper to even consider us. And so we did some, some early supply building and sort of tried things to engage carriers in the platform. And we quickly found the thing that was the most engaging for a truck driver. The thing that was likely to get them to pay attention was, Hey, I've got this job. Do you want to do it? 
And so the industry is so used to operating in a just-in-time fashion on the phone that truck drivers were and, and carrier operators were surprisingly amenable to just getting a cold call out of the blue from a broker as long as there was a job in hand that was that that, that was appealing to them. The rates were good and the, the job was good. So um, we quickly shifted to, okay, we're going to be demand-led and we're going to drive as much volume into the, the marketplace as possible. We're going to go out and find different kinds of shippers. We started engaging with enterprise companies. And really one of the sweet spots we found is working with those larger scale enterprise companies and being the service guarantee layer on top of all of this, these small carriers. So we manage the, the job so that the small carriers can meet those big shippers' high expectations. The carriers learn how to do it, then they execute over and over, they become partners to those big shippers and they get the high value, repetitive, uh, predictable work that they're looking for. They don't, they don't have to scrap as often trying to find those jobs. The shippers are getting flexible capacity that they're not having to do contract long in advance of in order to save cost, and everybody wins. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a pretty, pretty darn good scenario. I'm curious for yourself um, and for the industry in, at, at large is, you know, this idea you, you hinted at is like this long-term, building these long-term relationships where you know, you find the perfect supplier or the perfect carrier. You know, that's something I think every business strives to go towards. Um, we've heard from different guests that safety is one of the big drivers because, you know, getting a product from A to B, you can get commoditized on price. And it's not always about the cheapest price. It's like there's there's also the reliability, safety. How do you go towards helping, I guess, you know, you can go from both sides. How do you help drivers find like the most reliable shippers? How do you help shippers find the most reliable drivers? Do you have like rating systems? How does this, how does this build work to build towards those long-term relationships? Absolutely. It's, this is a two-way street and it, it, the relationship on both sides of the marketplace is key for safety. And I'll go into a why in a little bit, but yeah. Convoy spends a pretty heavy amount of time and energy on our safety and compliance team and managing the risk of the carriers that, that we have and helping them understand what behaviors are risky and, and what they can do to lower their risk factors when doing our jobs. And we've built custom software and machine learned models to help us with this, as well as integrations with companies like SaferWatch and the FFC, FMCSA to integrate directly safety data about the carriers that work for Convoy. Wow. And this has a bunch of benefits, first and foremost being we can start a carrier on work as soon as we've ingested that safety data. We don't, they don't have to wait for a human to go and like pull the data and then look at it and then decide. Like we can make a decision very quickly on a carrier based on the same data or better that the industry uses. Um, but the results are better on our end. We actually have a 16% lower crash rate than the industry average. And we have 5% of the cargo claims rate of the, of the industry average. So a 20 times lower cargo claims rate. Um, and we will, and, and the way that works is our compliance system is so automated. We will pull carriers out of our system proactively. If we find that they're below our threat, our, our risk threshold, and then work with them to bring them back into a compliance. And we do this in a very dynamic fashion. So it's not, Hey, quarterly, we go back and we look at the data and see, Oh, you drop below compliance. It's, okay, something happened last week and you know we're going to have to get you back up to compliance standards before we can give you that next job. Okay. So that's very much like what, uh, you know, I always like, you know, I'm not trying to compare you to other technologies, but I always <laughs> like, we always need something that's other people have consumed and understand. So it's very similar in a way to Uber and Lyft in the regards that if as a driver, you get really bad ratings, you won't be offered as a driver and same thing mm -hmm. as a passenger. The drivers yep. can be like, oh, this guy, you know, this guy is rowdy or this guy's dirty or smelly, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And and to your point, we collect feedback from the drivers 
on the facilities that they go to. And this is actually one of the more valuable insights we can offer to the shippers that we work with. We can help them understand why they pay more in some parts of the country or at some facilities than in others, because we can look at the feedback that we get from carriers. And that feedback can be anything from, hey, I didn't have such a great experience at this facility. There was no bathroom or the Wi-Fi was bad all the way up to, I observed this unsafe work practice on the job site and I'm really worried about it. And we can take that information and loop it immediately into the facility and, and have them address it in real time. How granular does that get? Does it get like down to the route? Like I'm imagining the way you phrase that, I'm imagining like, what if I have a route, I need a, I need a payload to go from A to B, but for Mm -hmm. whatever reason, it's like up through the mountains. So it's going to take longer. It's going to burn more fuel. It's going to be more treacherous. Uh, Mm -hmm. There were weather conditions commonly in the area. Like let's say I'm in Denver or Wyoming or something like that, where it's like during the winter, it's obviously there's, I've heard those roads can often become almost impassable. Very true the data is like down to the route. It's not just by, oh, this shipper. It's like this route specifically, the pricing on this is off. Here's why. How accurate do you guys get? How granular do you get? We get extremely granular. And yes, things like weather factor into our judgment calls on the price for a job. They factor into whether we're going to send a truck in at all for a job. Um, And we've seen situations, particularly um, the bomb cyclone that happened up in the Northeast a few years ago. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. multiple hurricanes that hit in 2017, where you know we've we've seen disruptions to the network and reacted to them in real time because we can see through the levers of price, through the feedback that we're seeing from carriers that things are happening, and we built a, a fair amount of internal automation and uh, process around that to better inform pricing and also keep our carriers safe. You got it down to the route. So and it's both sides, whether it's the shipper, uh, what's like a good offer to get a, to get bidders. And then also the, the actual logistics, the, the, the drivers, you could also see like, Hey, if you want to win this route, this is a good price to pay or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. Exactly. And, you know, we have multiple sources of data that we use to evaluate our pricing efficiency and to understand how well we're doing versus the market. Um, we are also in the interesting position that unlike Uber, where the transaction settles at the same time for both sides of the marketplace, we might actually set a price with a shipper months in advance of the job happening because they run a contract process once a year. Mm. And so we agree to a rate with that shipper, but truck prices are going to fluctuate up and down all year long, depending on all the factors we just talked about, whether how great the facilities are, what other competing jobs they have. And so a lot of where the intelligence in our systems come in and where these machine learning models are producing so much value is being able to anticipate and predict the impacts of those factors over time and tell us sort of how well we're going to do versus our competition in buying trucks at or below market. And one of the things that you mentioned earlier in the conversation is that your part of your role is to help or work with, you know, policymakers and regulators about how to make you know, whether it's environmental safety, whether it's actual road casualty, uh, road safety uh, involving people, just making, like you said, overall, the driving logistics trucking industry better. This mm-hmm. podcast is sponsored by a mobile vision, machine vision company that does, you know, in cab cam as well as, you know, road. Mm-hmm. Where do you see, how is this technology? And I'd love to hear your perspective. How do you see it influencing the shipping industry overall? And do you see this as something as Convoy will soon identify like which companies have, you know, cams and stuff like that protecting their vehicles and drivers? Do you see that as something that is going to become more standardized? Do you see that as something that Convoy is going to want to start, I don't know, evaluating? I didn't know where you saw the, this industry going. 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of really interesting safety technology coming on the market right now and over the last year to year and a half. Um, we've seen everything from, you know, something as simple as underrun bars on the front sides and back of trucks to stop smaller vehicles from underrunning the truck in accident situations, which are wow. a huge lifesaver for if you're in a passenger car, but also very expensive for the trucks to retrofit on. And if you're a small carrier, like there may be a federal mandate coming up that you need to plan for and start saving money around that's going to require you to retrofit your truck with these things. Safety is obviously first and foremost, we want trucks to be safe. We want drivers to be safe, but we also want to do it in a way that helps the truck drivers and the the carriers that have to implement that safety, do it in a cost-effective way and not like unduly stress their business. And so when I think about all the varieties of safety technology that could be put on a truck, like there are, there are a lot, there are a lot, a lot. And if you were to tell a truck driver tomorrow, you need to have dash cam, you need to have, you know, attention cam, you need to have underrun bar, like you could easily rack up bills in the tens of thousands of dollars territory for this carrier that they probably don't have right on yeah. hand. So yeah. it's less about, do we want all of this tech? Of course we do. Of course, we'd like every truck to be as safe as possible, but we need to figure out how to roll it out in a way that's good for the carrier as well as for the, the sort of overall logistics industry. Is that something you advise on when you work with these different groups? Federal regulations typically are the ones that determine like the big mandates. Um, and when it comes to road sa- safety, we, you know, as a cons- on the consumer level, it doesn't happen as often, right? Like, you know, what where are the last big major federal laws that went into place? I think even like seatbelts, are seatbelts even a federal law? I think that's decided on the state level. I don't know. I think the federal government used tax money and, and funding as a lever to convince states to un, un, uh, roll out seatbelt laws. Yeah, right? like they yeah. basically said, you don't get highway funding unless yeah. you implement a seatbelt law. So they they have ways, even if they don't actually legislate it themselves. But uh, you're right. Like the 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 sorts of things that have been rolled out have been fewer and less obvious. Uh, backup cameras are probably the most recent one affecting passenger vehicles. Right? You every vehicle built after I guess sometime in the late twenty late twenty tens had yeah. to have backup camera capability. There's a bunch of the those things kind of scattered across the last twenty years, but less so for trucking, or at least less, maybe less fast moving in trucking. Yeah. But to your earlier question, working with policymaking orgs is actually a fairly new thing for Convoy. So we're just getting started and trying to figure out what the positions we want to take are and who we want to work with to sort of advance those positions. So, you know, watch this space, as they say. You were a guest on one of the other mission podcasts, um, IT Visionaries, but for the people that aren't familiar with you, you know, part of your background is pretty fascinating. I'd love for you to Talk a little about like your time at Amazon and what you've learned because your knowledge of the trucking industry is very in depth. So for a company that's only six years old to make such inroads in addressing so many problems of small, small carriers is like uncanny. So people, I'm, I want everyone to know like, hey, this is how I learned about these problems because you had a really interesting experience prior to coming to uh, or creating Convoy. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we had no particular trucking experience prior to starting Convoy. So the first really eight weeks prior to Standard Convoy were an intense research process where we reached out to probably a hundred different people on LinkedIn and various places within the industry. We talked to them about what their jobs were. We knew there was something interesting in the trucking space. Like we'd, we'd heard the, the Uber for trucks kind of model or, or, or what have you for a little while, but nobody was quite sure what that meant. Was it last mile? Was it long haul? Was it been, you know, been packing a truck, making sure that the truck was as full as possible or was it doesn't matter how many goods are on it. It's just getting from point A to point B at the right time. Uh, so we talked to a lot of folks in 
all walks of logistics to just understand how the industry worked, what their jobs were, who they interacted with, who their customer was, and what problems they were trying to solve. And that approach paid off in spades, candidly. I think it's been really, really helpful over the course of the company to have that mentality of, I don't have a solution that I'm trying to sell you on or that I'm trying to validate. I just want to deeply understand the problem first. And then we can talk about how you solve it later on. We actually believed in it so much. We encoded it in our uh, company values as love problems, not solutions, right? (laughs) The great problems are evergreen. The solutions change depending on the technology available to you and the market conditions or the, the, the customers you're trying to serve, but the problems are kind of evergreen. It's the dream scenario, right? Every, trucking company wants to have a load in every direction. Like they never want to drive empty. One of the things that you you talk about is like 35, you said, or I guess you guys have done research or research that you guys Mm -hmm. have cited says that 35% of us trucking miles are driven empty. Mm -hmm. Tell our audience how you got that number and uh, you know what that means for a business. Cause that's, you know, like I know this in like the hotel industry, if you told somebody that they could only fill their hotel at 65%, like they would go out of business. Like, this is not good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? it's, it, it, it's not great. And it's it's a, it generates a staggering amount of waste in the industry every year. Yeah. But by virtue of the fact that you have to get the truck empty from the end of one job to the beginning of another, or from wherever the carrier lives to the beginning of the first job, right? You're, you're guaranteed to have some empty miles in the system. I hope we get to a place where that's no longer the case, but at least yeah. for the moment, like it's, it's a really hard problem to eliminate empty miles entirely. And so what yeah. that means is when you're on the road and you're looking at trucks, there's a really good chance that a, most of the trucks, maybe not most of the trucks, but a healthy percentage of the trucks you're looking at are empty between jobs or headed to the next job rather than hauling goods. And yeah. that's true day in, day out. And it's, it's really painful. It's hard. It, it can be hard to wrap your head around how big a number we're talking about. But well, we did a calculation that if we could get 35% down to 34%, that's about 380 million gallons of diesel annually not burned, right? We're saving 380 million gallons of diesel emissions by reducing empty miles from 35% of total miles to 34%. That's an insane number. I mean, I'm thinking about yeah. it, right? Look, we, the way you just phrased it, if I'm driving down a highway and I see 10 trucks, the three to four of them are empty. Yeah. They're just going, I guess, back to point A. I don't know. They're driving between jobs. They're going home. They're leaving home to go to their first job. But because we have such visibility across Convoy's network, we can route those trucks to jobs that are closer to their current position. We can ensure through batching that they have multiple jobs lined up with minimal space between them. And we can drive much lower empty miles on average for Convoy trucks on Convoy loads then you'll see in the broader market. And we're already seeing that for carriers that are doing batches and, and driving primarily with convoy. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and that that's a benefit to everyone. Again, we were talking about before, it's a benefit to everyone involved. One of the things that's also happening re- very quickly in the market is the electrification of fleets. Um, I know it hasn't reached critical mass yet, but there are plenty of companies that are looking to have electric fleets. Now, most of it I th- I've read is going to start at like the van, like more shipping vans. It seems inevitable that this technology will get to long haul trucks. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious, what are you guys betting on when it comes to electric, electric vehicles? Yeah, I think one of the things you'll see is the uh, infrastructure needing to catch up a bit for electric vehicles, specifically electric heavy trucks, yeah. to have significant inroads in the small to medium fleets. Like if you think about kind of who's most likely to have chargers on either end of the job, who's most likely to be able to support, maintain electric trucks. It's going to be the big private fleets to start who are running the same routes over and over again, or they can talk to their customers and say, I need you to install charging infrastructure so that I can use electric trucks on our route. 
Yeah. Um, and it's going to be the, the, the really big trucking companies, the, the Schneiders, the, the Night Swifts, the, the JB Hunts that are generally the earliest adopters of new trucking tech anyway, right? They're mm-hmm. the ones who are the biggest buyers of new trucks. And so what I think you'll see is as infrastructure becomes more prevalent, as we see charging stations that can handle semi-level recharging rapidly um, start to become more common, you'll start to see, and as those big fleets start to roll their first generation of electric trucks off lease out of their five-year duty cycle and into the used market, that's when you'll start to see them really have some uptake in the small to medium fleet space. Yeah. And you guys are interestingly positioned, I feel like, to be able to handle that intake whenever that happens because of the levels of data and automation that you guys are running and the ability to calculate rates uh, based on vehicle. Because you currently do that, right? Like, for example, if I have a let's let's say I'm shipping, I don't know, a refrigerated truck, I'm shipping goods that have to be cold. I'm shipping ice cream. I don't know. Mm hmm. You already have that. Is that accurate? Like you already yeah. are accounting for the types of truck, the types of conditions, what kind of payloads I need to optimize for. You guys are already Absolutely. doing that. So like this would just be like a formula adjustment to introduce mm-hmm. electric vehicles. There would be no problem. Is that accurate? That's accurate. Yeah. If you basically, if you think about the capabilities necessary to complete a job, you could imagine adding a capability that is charging infrastructure required at pickup charging infrastructure required at delivery. And so we can continue to refine the the mapping of trucks to jobs with the additional information that we gather around charging infrastructure. And then eventually start to think about what does it look like if we add a charger in this truck stop, if we add a charger in this transfer yard, how can we extend the reach of, of electric trucks through sort of strategic expansion of charging infrastructure? I'm thinking about how that, you know, bringing it back to the topic at hand here of like how it benefits the small trucker. Like, let's say I own my own small trucking operation and I already got four trucks. I'm curious about introducing a new type of truck so I could carry a different type of load. Like, this is something that I could work with Convoy with, right? Is I can do a little homework, kind of look up what kind of jobs are available within whatever Mm -hmm. zones you mentioned, like I'm willing to drive or interested in driving in and kind of almost forecast a little bit like, hey, what's the demand? What's this looking like? Exactly. Yep, Jeff. You uh, if you you want to dip your toes in ref- in refrigerated freight, great. Let me go search up all the refrigerated freight within a fifty mile radius of where I start. Let me see what destinations it goes to. Let me see what it pays. I can I can really start to figure out. I can probably even infer what kind of commodity is being hauled. So if I'm worried about ice cream, because boy, ice cream forms ice crystals, and that's bad for the consumer. It's a little risky. I don't I don't want to do that to start. I want to dip my toes into something a little easier. Great, I can do that too. Yeah, you you see, in just the short six years, you've learned all. Like, <laughs> now I got to ask. Seen this. it all. Yeah, when all. The, when you first started, did you just assume getting things to A to B was that that was all there was to it? Like, there seems like you've uncovered through your anecdotal stories. There's so much nuance into every job. Were these things clear that you had to prepare for them? Like, you actually were preparing to code for them, or did all these uh, adjustments come from just, I guess, experience? <laughs> Yeah, uh, the latter, very much so. We definitely, (laughs) we knew out of the gate that we would not, if we tried to write something that could handle everything, the software would be wrong in a hundred ways by the time we actually (laughs) used the feature that we tried to use. And so instead we took a sort of, we'll figure it out as we go approach where we never wanted to build too far ahead of ourselves. We wanted to build what we needed and make sure it would scale up to what we thought we'd need six months from now, maybe a year from now, and just have a culture on the engineering side of, consistently going back and looking and saying, is this still working for us? Is it going to scale up to the place where we need it to over the next six months? Is it creaky and do we need to chuck it and write some new version of it? 
and what features are going to get us for the next six to 12 months. And it's only really been in the last two years or so where we've taken a longer time frame and said, okay, if we feel really good, the business isn't going to change dramatically over the next two years, we can build things that have a, a longer time horizon that are more, you know, that we're not going to have to revisit six months from now. It's been a nice change. All right. So then that, you know, I'd love to close the conversation with that. You know, what are, what are some of the things that I guess Convoy is betting on? Like something that maybe someone or audience isn't thinking about, what are some of the things that you're preparing for that you think in the horizon are going to become a significant benefit if you guys have the solution for this? What is this? Yeah, I think the thing I would point to most is our flexible drop program, which we just announced uh, back in May. And so flexible drop is effectively us opening up our nationwide drop and hook network, drop and hook network to all shippers for all kinds of freight. Historically, drop and hook has been limited to shippers that have enough yard space for a carrier to leave some trailers, carriers that have enough trailers to be able to leave them. And for the most part, contract freight, because you need to be able to guarantee a couple of turns per week to ensure that those assets, those trailers get enough utilization for it to be worthwhile to both sides. And what we've said is with our universal trailer pool and our sort of ability to stitch jobs together through in batches, whether it's live jobs, whether it's um, drop and hook jobs, we can now basically offer flexible drop and hook to pretty much any shipper anywhere with our existing convoy fleet and our existing convoy trailers. And this is things like transactional drop and hook are not in most people's sort of quiver of tools to deal with the challenges of their freight. And so we think it's going to be a game changer for shippers who wish they could get into drop and hook, but haven't been able to like make the yard space work or don't have the volume necessary to dive in with a a big uh, asset carrier who's going to ask to leave 10 trailers in the yard. We think this is a, it's going to be a game changer that's really moving us towards a much more flexible just in time, drop and hook 30 minutes in and out kind of network that's beneficial to the carriers, gives the shipper the flexibility to load on the fly without having to worry about a truck sitting there waiting for them and just sort of generally easier for everybody to manage on all fronts. And if you could please describe drop and hook, because this is a newer thing that you're unlocking. I'm almost picturing like like rental cars. You know, like when you go to when <laughs> you go to the, the airport, right track. Yeah. when you go to the airport and they're like, oh, just pick a car. But I remember when their brand promises was that when you arrive, you can just take whatever car you want. I was like, what? I was like, it felt super weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, like what, what are you talking anything? about? Anything? Yeah. And so yeah. like the moment it's checked in, it's moment the inventory becomes available, it's moved to the lot, and then anyone can come get it. And I'm imagining, like you were saying, like if you didn't have to plan for when, like you said, like I have to have my load ready, then I, because I'm expecting the truck at this time, this time, at this time it comes in, it backs up to my dock. I throw all my stuff on the dock. He's got to be ready to go. He goes out the door, right? Instead, it's like, I load my truck. I leave it in the yard. When some guy comes in, he's going to hook it and take it. And he can take it whenever or whenever she wants. That's the way it sounds in my head. That, that is the end state that we're going towards. We're not quite yeah. there yet. It's not any, any truck, any trailer just yet. It's not sort of like grab the first one you see and we'll tell you where it needs to go. Yeah. But, the model, the, but, the, but the roots of the model are there. And so the way to think about it is, If in a normal trucking job, I am arriving with an empty truck, like you said, the goods have to be ready at the side of the dock. They got to get loaded on the truck. And then the whole thing, truck and trailer, pull away at the same time. We call that a live pickup. And contrast that with what we would call a drop and hook pickup, which is I load the trailer at my convenience. There's no truck waiting. I drag it over into a yard with a tractor. And then I tell Convoy, I've got a trailer that's ready for pickup. They can come anytime tomorrow. Like just 
have them show up, come, come get the truck, come get the load. They know which trailer it is. They've got it in their app. They just show up at the yard. They're like, hey, here's my barcode. It's this trailer. They, they show them where it is. They go over, they grab it. It's 30 minutes in and out. All I got to do is connect the trailer. So awesome for the trucking company because they don't have to have a driver sitting there for four hours, burning hours of service, waiting to get on the road. And great for the shipper because they don't have to worry about if the truck is late on time early. It's just, it's over in the yard. Go get it. You're fine. It's immensely flexible and a huge opportunity for us to bring efficiency to shippers that haven't been able to take advantage of this kind of system before. No, that is awesome. Grant, it was awesome having you today on the show, sharing some of the things that Convoy is unlocking. As I mentioned before, this is, we like to say it's the number one podcast for fleet managers and operators in the logistics industry. And the things that you guys are unlocking, just it just sounds like just, you're making, uh, you know, if I'm a small business operator that owns a f- small fleet, like you just sound like you're making my life easier, more easier to find jobs, easy to get paid. And then now with drop and hook, now I feel like that's even easier. I just roll up whoever's participating, of course, and, and just grab a load and get out of there. I mean, the timing, because that's one of the things we heard about with the people that are in the logistics industry about the timing of jobs. They said it's a serious problem because very few people can be on time. So you, you arrive because you want to be on time, but then the, it doesn't matter. I was, if even one person's late, then everyone gets delayed. And uh, so it was pretty awesome hearing about how you can attack that problem. Yeah, it's exactly right. Like uh, the one delay anywhere in a job just has a trickle down effect for every single other stop on that job for every job that carrier planned on doing after that. Like the, the impact is very real and mostly born by the trucking company that has the least cash on hand and probably can afford the loss of work the least. So the more we can do to make those small trucking companies more efficient, the better off everybody is. We always want the trucking industry, logistic industry accelerate. If someone's interested in Convoy, where do they go to find you? Absolutely. You can find us at convoy.com and you can find our app in the app stores for both Android and Apple. That simple, huh? That easy. No special sign up like some of these truck boards. I got to do like the sign up, no app. <laughs> sign up. If, if you've got a, if you've got a, uh, an operating authority, sign up. You'll be uh, able to look at loads and start hauling in minutes. There you go. Grant Goodale, Convoy. Thanks for joining us today on The Fleet. Thanks for having us. Fun time as always. The Fleet is presented by our friends at Lytics, the award-winning video telematics and fleet management solution. Trusted by more than 4,000 fleets worldwide, Lytics is the next generation of fleet technology. Help drivers address risky driving behaviors like cell phone use, speeding, and inattentive behind the wheel, all while harnessing the power of video and data to thrive in today's competitive environment. From safety to compliance to fleet tracking, Lytics technology offers the industry's most comprehensive and customizable fleet management platform. Go to lytics.com slash the fleet to learn more today. That's L-Y-T-X dot com slash the fleet.